Hello everyone and welcome to Friday and episode number 17 of Off The Block Swimming Podcast. I trust you've all had a great week. Thank you very much for joining us today. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Now today on the show, we have Australian and Perth rising star of the pool, Mr. Josh Edward Smith coming on for a chat. In this podcast with Josh, we discuss his own podcast, Lane 8, last year's National Age Champs and his amazing results, Junior World Champs of Budapest and what an experience that was, his coach Michael Shaw, balancing life in school and a whole lot more. So grab some snacks, settle in, because Ep 17 with Josh Edward Smith starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe's starting to go away from him. Joining me today on the show is one of Australian swimming's fastest rising stars. He's a four-time individual medalist from last year's 2019 Australian Age Championships in the 50 and the 100 free and in the 100 and the 200 backstroke. He was also a part of last year's Junior World Championships over in Budapest, along with his fellow Australian young guns. It's a very big welcome to Off The Block Swing podcast to Mr. Josh Edward Smith. How you going, mate? Hey, Robbie, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Not a trouble at all, mate. Now, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, and there's quite a few people that do, so don't get me wrong, but if, for anyone who doesn't know, whereabouts have we <laughs> caught you today? Because it looks a hell of a lot sunnier there than it does where I'm sitting right now. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm at home. It's like what, 4, 4.30 about here uh, in Perth, so just got off from school. Yeah. Not too bad, mate. What's life like over there in the West? It's good. Yeah, we're just sort of uh, sort of gone back to no- normal from, from COVID. Uh, I'm in year 12, as I say, and just trying to balance school and swimming. But um, yeah, no, weather's been great. Just living the dream. I'm glad you brought that up in terms of COVID. You know, what was your reaction to it all? I think this would have, was this your last national age this year once it got, but it got cancelled, obviously. But would it have been your last? Well, my birthday is around age so it depends like it's it was going to be on it's the first day of age next year um okay. so it might have been my last but um yeah. it wouldn't have been because i'm racing next year but second last yeah 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 how'd you go with all that sort of being put off were you ready to rumble and and you sort of got disappointed with the fact that you know that good work not gone to waste but kind of because then you had to sit on your ass for a little bit longer yeah yeah Look, I was looking forward to having it here in Perth. Um, it would have been exciting. It was an outdoor pool and um, to have everyone here um, racing in Perth would have been awesome. So yeah. I was looking forward to that. But honestly, it was, it was kind of nice to have a break from racing. It, it was pretty, pretty intense from Budapest and I went to Queensland States, age states, open states here. So it was a lot of racing and it was, it was nice to have a break. Um, but yeah, look, the work, I don't think went to waste at all. You know, like um, I just enjoy training. So that's how I see it. And I, uh, I liked that. And, but yeah, like I said, it was good to have a break as well. What'd you get up to in the break? Did you 
did you take the time to just chill for a bit and get into gaming and relax? And I know, obviously, we'll get to it later. You've started a podcast, or did you stay active? What did you do? Yeah, I just tried to do a lot of different things. I um I went out with my coach because obviously you're allowed to go out with two people. So we sort of did just some land stuff, did a bit of boxing. Um, but honestly, I just sort of you know stayed at home, laid in bed, made the most of it, <laughs> which was quite quite nice and relaxing. <laughs> It's funny, we just don't get to do it enough lately. I know, you know, for me, I'm super busy. I'm a, I'm a head coach, so I'm a full-time swimming coach. Obviously, I've got the podcast. So that whole idea of just laying in bed. I've got a daughter who's nearly two. Let's add on top of that. So there is no, oh, wow. actually, there's no laying in bed and just uh, having a <laughs> no nap through the day. Not at all. So, yes, you saying <laughs> that, I, I can definitely appreciate it. What was it like getting back in the pool? Was it harder or easier than you thought? I don't know. It was like... We got in a bit earlier through WACE. Um, they put up a whole bunch of um, restrictions, um, but luckily we were allowed to get in a bit earlier to everyone else at HBF, which was good. We were swimming in the river, um, which I forgot to mention, swimming in the river here in Perth throughout. Um, I, I bought a wetsuit from Arena, um, which helped massively. Um, and so I was able to do that, but you know, swimming in the river and swimming in the pool is a lot different. So it did sort of feel... A bit weird, a bit sluggish, but um, got back into it pretty quickly, um, about as quick as you'd expect. Yeah. Um, and sort of by now, we're right back into it. So, mate, giving the sponsor a little plug there. I like it. You're a professional <laughs> already. Yeah. Um, mate, talk to me about how things started for you. I always, you've been listening to the show yourself, so you know I like to sometimes go back to the early days. How did you get drawn into the pool? I've always been like really. Um, into into swimming like right from a young age i remember swimming out with dad like in bali we went to bali and he was teaching me like how to do freestyle and all that and i was getting right into it um so been into the water a lot growing up and then sort of year four um i came second at our school carnival and i was like i really want to win so i started swimming competitively at west coast and then i um came second the next year and then one in year six, which was good. But yeah, my dad also really got me into it. He does the rotter swim mm-hmm. every year. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but there's a swim from uh, sort of Cottesloe Beach to Rottnest Island. Yeah. Um, and he does that every year. And so watching him swim growing up really got me into it as well. Have you done that swim yourself? I, I haven't. It's really close to um, nationals for us. It's sort yeah. of like February um, and it's a 20K swim. So it'd throw out the training a little bit, um, unfortunately. But, um, I, I really want to. Yeah, it's oh, far. Damn. It's far. <laughs> yeah, dad. Uh, dad says he um he's seen a shark go under him once, mm. um and he just didn't say anything because if there's a shark, they pull everyone out um mm. around the shark. So he just kept it quiet. But yeah, I'm like, mm, nah. Mate, growing up over the west, did you get amongst any other sports? I did. I played footy for six or seven years, something like that. Um, yeah. I played basketball for. A, a year or so played tennis um yeah just you know got out as much as i could I used to love sport basketball how tall are you i'm six two six three but i grew really fast so i've been this tall for like you know since i was 11 or something <laughs> yeah yeah lucky bastard as a coach i always see the the young teenage boys and the girls some of the girls tower over me now too and i just look at them and i think bastards look how tall yeah. they are I have to get up on the side of the block just to sort of, uh, you know, stamp my dominance on the team because <laughs> yeah, otherwise I'm underneath. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm underneath them all. <laughs> Come on, guys, listen. Um, yeah. <laughs> but heroes and idols, who, who did you look up to? Oh, uh, 
Mitch Larkin uh, growing up. I mean, he's, you know, best one of the best backstrokers in Australian history and, you know, in swimming history. So looked up to him growing up. Um, Aaron Pearsall as well. I mean, he's probably arguably the greatest backstroker of all time. Mm. Um, Michael Phelps, can't look past him. Yep. I've been watching The Last Dance recently mm-hmm. and I've been taking a lot of inspiration from Jordan. I mean, yep. Michael Jordan, like what a guy, what a what a competitor. So him and, and my dad, obviously, he got me into swimming. So mm. sounds cliche, but he's been, you know, one of my idols. Mate, it is a great documentary. Um, and I know the documentary is supposed to be about the Chicago Bulls, but, uh, you know, it, it nah, it's, very, about, it's about Jordan. <laughs> it's, about, it's very much about Michael Jordan. But you're right, there are a lot of takeaways from it. And I, I think the, one of the main things is, and I've said this before too, not only was he phenomenally talented and, you know, the best of all time, no doubt, but he was just so competitive. Like it was, yeah. it, it just, it killed him. Yeah. Like he wanted to. He hated losing more than he enjoyed winning, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He just would want to win at all costs. Mm. And, um, you know, that you got to respect that. And I've been reading his coaches, his strength and conditioning coaches book, Tim Grover, which has yep. been really interesting to see his, because um, he coached Kobe Bryant, um, Dwayne Wade, a lot of other top um, pro basketballers. And yep. he's got some really good insights on what it takes to be, the best of the best are unstoppable, um, as he puts it. Um, so that's been really interesting. Just learning about, you know, the mental side of sports as well has been quite interesting. So. Mate, what do you enjoy most about swimming? Is it training with your mates? Is it is it the racing side of it? What's your favourite part about it? It's everything, you know. I love training um, and to be able to see, you know, work with my squad, see them improve, um, get their opinion on how I can improve and stuff and just learn from them. You know, I love that. And watching everyone including myself, trying to get better each day. I love that. But at the same time, you know, I love racing. Um, and that's, you know, why we train and what um, hinges us um, each day. Mm. So I love that. Um, but, yeah, I think if I could pick one thing that I love most, just being able to push yourself every day. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of um, things outside of, you know, maybe sports, um, academics, maybe music, you know, that you can really challenge yourself every day to be better at. Um, and I love that about something. Now, a lot of swimmers have big meets, qualifying times, things that, you know, they're qu- not quite there yet, but they're trying to get to, but and they've got to overcome certain things. Might be nerves, might be executing a race plan. They're just missing the, a national time because they're just qu- not quite getting it right. Did, did that happen to yourself? Was there anything you sort of had to overcome? Um, I'm sure Mikey, my coach, would tell you a lot of things like about my technique and stuff. But um, there was a... In 2018 nationals, I um, got really focused on what the other guys in the race were doing um, and just, you know, threw my race plan out the window as soon as the race came um, and it ended up costing me big time. Like I had like a four second drop off in my 200 back or I think it was like five, maybe five or six seconds in the 200 back, which is like way too much. Mm. Race plan went out the window. So that was, and I I missed um, the junior team that year by a small margin. Um, so I had to learn from that, just being able to swim my own race. Um, so that's probably, you know, one of the main things I had to overcome was just, you know, staying focused on me rather than everyone else in the race. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that I was talking to Eamon Sullivan, uh, earlier this week and we were talking about yeah, Perth boy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, four restaurants. Have you ever been to any of his restaurants? Yeah, I have actually Bib and Tucker is, um, one of the best pancakes I've ever had. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really good. 
All right. Well, next time I'm over there, I'm excited. I'm, I'm coming in there. I'm definitely going to yeah. hit him up too to see if I get some sort of a discount or maybe the yeah. best table. I should have. I should have. I've met him a couple of times. I should have been like, Amen, come on. Yeah. <laughs> These are expensive pancakes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're good, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, we were talking about, uh, obviously, um, Beijing and, and he had a, a two and throw in terms of world records with, uh, Elaine Bernard and Elaine Bernard, um, broke his world record, uh, in the semi went 47, two, and then, uh, Eamon got the 47, oh, in the semi as well. And I said, how did that feel? And he said, actually it felt easy. You know, everything felt comfortable. I didn't overthink things. Things just went to plan. I said, so, you know, so what happened in the final? Cause obviously Elaine Bernard just, yeah. just got him in the final. And he said, what happened was I raced Elaine Bernard's race plan. I went away from what I was doing and I based my, what I was going to do off him similar to, you know, what you just said there and what you were learning. So it does happen to the best of them, mate. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's a pretty common mistake. And I mean, mm. if you're so competitive, you just want to be able to win um, at all times, you know, throughout the race. So, but, in order to win the race as a whole, you've got to, you know, step back and do what you're trained to do. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Mate, you're pretty versatile. What's your favorite uh, events to race in the pool? Uh, obviously I'm a hundred and 200 backstroke backstroke, but you know, 200 back is such a hard race. Um, I, I like a hundred free to be honest. I, um, I hadn't really focused on it that much until age Last year, like I got the gold, which I wasn't really expecting to do, but it sort of put it on my radar. So ever since, I've been really liking that one. Um, I'm, I think maybe even like a breaststroke. Yeah. And I, I really like I suck at breaststroke, but it's sort of it. That's kind of why I like racing it because it like it's there's no pressure on me at all. Um, it's just like get out there and have have a bit of fun racing yeah. some breaststroke. Well, mate, you brought up Age Nationals from last year, so let's talk about it. And you, you definitely yeah. killed it. As I said in the beginning, you, you came away with four individual medals. I think, did you get some relay success there as well? We did, yeah. As yeah. a club, we, um, we did really well in the relays. A couple of golds um, for me and my team, which was really nice, yeah. yeah that bag would have been, actually, you, you, no, where was last year's? It was um, Adelaide. Uh, Adelaide, yeah. Yeah, so the bag would have been a bit heavier on the way home, that's for sure. Uh, just a uh, little bit. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about what went so right in the lead up to that, because I'm always interested, and people have heard me say this before, but when, when, you, when you go to a meet and you kill it, and by kill it, I mean, obviously, you know, you win four individual medals, you do so well in the relays, what went so well in the lead up to it? Did you just grow? Did you have a great training block? You know, was, were you mentally in a, a much better place? Yeah. Uh, it was, it was sort of, you know, the stars aligning for that meet. I think that's probably the, the best meet I've had. Um, it was, it was the training in the lead up was at a really high level for me. Um, we had a camp, in January. So the January sort of block we do in, in Helmont, that period was probably some of the best training that I've ever done. Yeah. We went away on camp and, you know, some of the sets we did were brutal, but they were, um, you know, I did them all and um, I was really confident about that. And so the fact that I had this, you know, really good period of training, I think sort of boosted my confidence, which um, sort of snowboard and everything sort of you know, went through and I just ended up, you know, pulling it out um, on the meet and I was really happy with it, yeah. Did one swim stand out from the others in any way? The 200 back was really good, but I did sort of expect to go a lot faster than my PB because I haven't raced. I hadn't have raced that properly for quite a while. Um, but probably the 100 free, I was actually like, I was looking at Mikey 
because he was standing at the side of the pool and I was like, well, I didn't expect to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just, you know, I had like, I had the new deck coat that the clubs had given us and I put my hood up and had my headphones on and I just got, I was like, I watched Southpaw um, beforehand yeah. and that got me all hyped up and I was just ready to go and have a good race. So that, that um, probably stood out as one of the best that meet. And also the 200 free, that was a, like a really good field in our age group. It was Tommy Neal, Tom Houck, um, Dan Woodrow, Noah Millard, a couple of others. And everyone just killed it in that race. And I was really hyped. And, and um, I, I think I snuck on the podium. No, I didn't. I came fifth. I came fifth. But yeah, it was, it was so good to see everyone like do that well. So that was also a really good race. Hey, talking about that program, because it's a pretty big program that you had. I mean, you, you factor in obviously the finals, you had the success, but you had to get in the heats. And how do you go with a big week like that? I mean, you at the age now where you're pretty on top of things for yourself with nutrition and when you're all warming up and stretching, activating, does the coach need to, to help sort of tip you off a little bit? Yeah, I, I think your mindset, like everything about your personality just like changes, at least for me during a big meet. Like I, I'm normally quite chatty and, and open, but I think I, I come a lot more quiet during a meet. Um, so that, that sort of happens and, um, you know, just really try to stay focused throughout and, and stuff like that. Yeah. How do you go with the eating through the week? You all right with that? You make sure you've getting enough in? Yeah. I just try to keep eating exactly what I normally eat. Um, cause, uh, you can't really change too much or at least try not to change too much about your diet cause it'll just throw you off. So I try to, you know, we put in the order before the meat and, the um, Woolworths trucks come and, you know, you, you, you try and eat exactly what you are. I rem- yeah, I remember, like, there was the, the Woolworths trucks came and it was, they'd all put all of our orders in this Woolworths truck. Um, so we had to sort through that and I was like, no, I've got to get my own food, guys, come on. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Mate, talked about your coach, Michael Shaw. I know you train at uh, UWA West Coast. How important is, uh, is Mikey to your success and how's he helped you the most, do you think? How does that partnership work best? Oh, Mikey's great. He's, he's quite young for a, for a coach. He's, uh, you know, sort of 30s. He and um, that's, that's good for me because we have a really good friendship outside of the pool. But then when we come to, um, to the pool, it, changes and it's it becomes the coach athlete relationship that i need to get better Mm. um and you know i try to get him to be really hard on me especially recently um you know he he's really good at picking up you know the little things that start slipping that can um start to get worse and worse so i he's really good at making sure i'm holding myself accountable to those sorts of things and um, he's just he's just awesome Is there anything we wouldn't know about him, mate? Is it like you guys get to see him on pool deck? You see the best and the worst of each other, I'm sure. Is there any (laughs) sort of is there any sort of things we wouldn't know about Mikey that only you get to see? He's got a great sense of humor. Although you know you'd see that, but he's he's really funny. Um, He's also just had uh, a kid back in February, so he's been he's been quite busy outside of the pool. But, um, yeah, he's just cut his hair. He used to have a, a man bun, but he's mm-hmm. finally trimmed it. And now it's like he, he sort of followed Nat Fife, really. Nat Fife had the man bun and then went yeah. to like sort of shorter. And he just did that, basically. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mate, when you get to be a dad too, you've got to tidy things up and you do. get you the do. haircut, wear things differently. Yeah, you become less fun. 
Well, I mean, we don't try to be. It just kind of, it just kind of happens. I, I was the other day at the shops, and I just started humming like, um, you know, I don't know if you've watched Moana, but there's a song on Moana called "You're Welcome," and oh, yeah. my yeah. my daughter just watches Moana on repeat. Um, so I mean, and I didn't go out of my way to sing. I was in Coles, and I just started humming this song, and people are looking at me like, Shit, "What am I doing? What has become of my life?" <laughs> So I can assure oh, I can't you. Wait. No I can't con- wait for Mikey to start humming songs <laughs> yeah, like that. Oh, it'll happen. It will happen. <laughs> uh, and it, as I said, it's not a conscious decision. It just, you know, it, it just happens. Um, hey, talk to me about some of your favorite sessions of the week. What, what do you like? What do you get pumped for when you know it's coming up? Ooh, I like, I like big sets. Um, and the sets that, that Mikey doesn't tell us what we're doing until we rock up, but there are some sets that, um, he'll text us if it's like a big, you know, test set or something like that. He'll text us maybe a day or um, a couple of days prior just so we can get mentally ready for that. Mm. And those sets I really like when, you know, you, you know it's a big set coming and maybe you got the suit on for it and stuff like that. You can just really get mentally switched on for it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like a favourite set of mine would have to be 1650's best average on 130. For some reason that I just like, you know, kill it every time I do that set. Yeah. That's a favorite. Um, what do you do? Bert? Mix it up with back and free, and or what do you do? How do you do it? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's sort of like fifty fifty um, back and free. Yeah. Um, normally, for uh, the closer we get to comp, the more backstroke um, comes into the main sets. But when it's just sort of preseason stuff, it's just sort of fifty fifty free and back during the main set. Mm. Hey, what about race plans? How detailed are you guys around that? I, I've heard various reports with race plans I've, I've had i've had people talk to me about super detailed stuff about certain rates to a certain point and then the rate lifts and then all these sorts of things which i understand but also confuses the hell out of me at times but i've also heard the other way of like dive in go fast down go faster back how detailed yeah. are you guys around it and what would say your race plan for 100 back be yeah we i think mikey and i like to experiment um, with different things each meet. So it sort of changes. Um, and, you know, going from a local meet to, you know, junior world, um, the, there's different levels of, you know, how much we focus on or what we focus on. Um, you know, for like a, a local meet technique is a lot more of the focus because um, you're in season and that's the stuff that you're working on. But for, you know, like a junior world, the race plan is more like the speeds that you're going to swim at. Um, so I find that. But honestly, it's just, you know, we split normally for like a 200, we split the race up into 75, 75, 50. Mm-hmm. And it's normally just 75, set it up. Um, you know, don't go slow, obviously, but, you know, yeah, set yeah. the stroke up nice. Yeah. Um, and then build that second 75 and then just go for it in the last 50. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably like a standard sort of race plan. Build the underwaters as well. Have you ever had a, a really bad experience in terms of finishing the 200 just with your legs? Have you ever felt like you just, if you got oh, yeah. out of the pool, you wouldn't be able to walk? Oh yeah. That race I was talking about earlier um, at 2018 nationals where I just went out way too hard. I remember hitting the wall in the third turn and thinking, I, I actually can't feel my legs right now. Yeah. And I just finished the race and like, just like, I like, my legs went off the ledge for the wall and I was just hanging onto the lane rope. And then I got out and I was like, I was like hobbling like a penguin um, out, out of the pool. And that was just awful. Um, yeah. Every time after a 200 back, you sort of feel like that to some degree, maybe not to that extent, but 
just kills the legs. It's a killer, that's for sure. What about last year, uh, junior world champs in Budapest? Definitely uh, an exciting time for you guys. And um, it, it sort of turned out this way. I haven't planned it, but almost all the age group swimmers that I've been interviewing at the moment and that are coming out in season three were all on that team. So oh, that's yeah. been exciting to sort of discuss that with, with all of you guys. How different was it for you being over there? Because obviously, you know, for you, you've been to obviously state champs, national champs, but this is a, this is a pretty big deal. How big was that? And, and what were the, some of the differences that you noticed between, say, that and an age champs here in Australia? Oh, it's huge. You know, it was a completely different environment. You've got different, different countries instead of different clubs, everyone's speaking different languages. Yep. You're swimming on the wrong side of the lane in the, in the warm-up pool, which was hard to sort of get used to. But um, a lot of things, surprisingly to me, were the same. You know, I mean, Kalani, my friend, put it best. It's just a place where there's water where you go swim. Like, no matter where you go, it's just, it's the same thing. So, you know, the stuff we did, um, we tried to emulate what we do at home to give us a sense of sort of familiarity. Um, so I found a lot of things were the same. You know, the stuff, the stuff we were doing, obviously, was the same. Um, you know, all the friends I had there were, you know, the same who I'd hang out with um, at a meet here. So it was sort of a mix of both, you know, being shocked by the differences, but also being sort of comfortable with the stuff that was the same. Racing-wise, how happy were you with, with what you did over there in the pool? There was a lot um, that I learned. I, don't, I didn't have a terrific meet. Um, the prep in the lead-up wasn't as good. There was a, a lot of external stuff going on. I just joined waste and, you know, uh, year 11 was getting ramping up. So a bit disfocused in the prep, but there was a lot to learn from the races, which I think is the most important thing. You know, if you have a bad race, you just pick out the things that you didn't do right and take it into training when you go back. So I, I don't think I would have changed anything about how it went. Yeah. Let's double down on that. What did you learn then? What were those lessons that you took away that you look back and you're like, right, if I'm in that position again next time, I know what to do. Heats. I came, I came ninth in the 200 back and missed the heats by you. Have you, did you read that? No, I, I didn't tell uh, us the story. Yeah. So I, I went into the 200 back heats and I was like, I was like, look, I'm, I'm third. It's, it's such a rookie error that I made. I'm like, look, I'm third. I'm, I'm, I was sort of used to swimming heats cause, um, swimming heats kind of, um, not, not slow, but not maximum effort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I went into the heats thinking that that would be all right. And, you know, I, I, it wasn't all right. <laughs> <laughs> went, went a little bit too slow. But, you know, there was a lot to learn. Um, I won't make that mistake again. So yeah. that's a benefit. Mate, what about the relays? How, how enjoyable were they? And, and another question to that is, are you more nervous or less nervous in a relay? Because I've also heard conflicting reports with that. Some, some of the boys... Um, that I talked to a lot, Kendrick Monk, I was talking to yesterday, and he always mm. said he loved being around the boys. He just felt like it was relaxing. It was a bit of fun. But then I've had people like, well, no, I was actually more nervous because there was a lot of pressure to like not let these three people down. What about for yourself? Yeah. Kenny, Kenny actually told us a good story about a relay that he was in where he just like came over the guy. Um, yeah, I like Kenny. But yeah. relays, I love relays. Um, at a club level, you know, internationally um with the australian team i love them you know getting around the boys i find it a lot more comforting to have people um that you train with yeah um 
so you know with the australian team we didn't do the staging camp and they're all my good mates so that was awesome and i love just being able to you feel like you're a lot more part of a team obviously you know when you compete individually you're, you're there racing for um a team but when you're with a relay it's a lot more you know you're you're competing for the team a lot more i feel mm. so yeah i love it i really love getting up for relays Hey, talk to me about how excited it is, how exciting, sorry, it is to be a part of that um, exciting group coming through. As I said, all, a lot of the ones I've spoken to, Jenna Forrester, uh, Gabriella um, Peiniger, who else did I have on here? Oh, yeah. Tommy Neal, um, I had Tyson Upton. There's, there's a fair few really big good, dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, just some great talent coming through. I think I've got Molly O'Callaghan coming on on, on Sunday. Uh, having a chat with me, a lot of great talent coming through. How excited are you to be a part of that and to know that, I mean, if, if you keep tracking the way you are and there's nothing to suggest that you guys wouldn't, but, you know, in five years' time, you know, the, the Kayla McEwens and those sort of guys that are on the team now, that, that's the spot you guys will be looking at. Oh, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. You know, to have a group that you're going up with that you're rising up with. It's just, it's just so exciting, you know? And there's a lot of capacity for swimming to become really quite popular. And I'm not saying it's not popular now, but, you know, um, I think there's a lot of room for it to be um, a lot more in the media. And, and, you know, this is a great start, obviously. So I think that is almost the role of us as young, younger athletes coming up is to sort of, you know, promote swimming and become its ambassadors as well as, you know, fierce competitors on an international level. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, mate. I think um, you guys do a great job. Um, I think the, the athletes that are on the team, the Australian team, senior team now do a great job and don't get no, uh, nowhere near enough uh, exposure and, uh, and media and certainly positive media because we know that the media can also have a <laughs> negative effect at times when they want to. But uh, I think, and we'll get to it in a second, you do a great job yourself with, with the podcast that you do. Now, mate, you're still, you know, fairly young. How old are you at the moment? Uh, 17. Okay, so you're 17. Do you feel like you're still an age group swimmer? Because you're also starting to hit times where if you go to an open nationals you know, you're going to come up against these older boys now and you're going to be in the finals there. Do you feel comfortable racing the older boys or do you feel like you're sort of in the middle at the moment? You're in a bit of a, uh, a transition period, let's say. Yeah. I've never really considered myself as an age group swimmer, which is, might sound weird, but I've, I've, yeah. when I've been younger, I've always compared myself to, you know, the best in Australia rather than, you know, the guys in my age group. So it's, it's no different for me when I finish the age group sort of um, transition period, um, it'll just be the same because I'll be comparing myself to the same sort of standards. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I did the backstroke camp earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So I got to sort of train with, um, you know, Mitch and Brad and um, Tristan and, and all the big dogs. So I don't feel, you know, not uncomfortable. Obviously it's a really high standard, um, but you know, it's, it's just good to be able to see sort of where you stand against them as well. You mentioned Mitch there, and I know he's an idol of yours. We've talked about that. What advice did he give you in that camp? Did you, did you bail him up and, and try to get some words of wisdom? Or was there just things you watched him do from afar and you just sort of took in sort of subconsciously? Yeah, I think sort of the latter. He, um, he's just trains at such a high level. Um, I watched, you know, his underwater work, his technique, uh, even his freestyle stuff, his starts. It's just all really consistently good. Um, and in training, I'm often, you know, I'm good one day and then the next day I'll come in, um, and it'll be, you know, 
a low standard. So trying to emulate that high standard all the time consistently was something that I really brought away and was something that I can improve on. Um, and just sort of how he, he's such a nice guy. Like he's, he, he makes the time, like he, you can see he's listening to you all the time. And that, um, that was also something, you know, how he acts outside of the pool was something that I took away and how nice he is to everyone. Well, mate, it's a great segue because he also is an arena-sponsored athlete. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, but uh, definitely uh, yourself and yeah. I am also uh, doing a bit of work with arena. What do you like so much about their racing suits? Because this is one thing I think I, I, I don't know if I get flack for, but people will say, oh, you're just spon- you know, pumping their tires up because they sponsored you. But you guys wear their suits, so you obviously feel comfortable in them. They obviously work for you. You obviously feel fast in them. You wouldn't wear them. If you didn't, it's not just yeah. you plugging it, but yeah, I don't feel great, but I'll do it for the sake of it. What do you enjoy yeah. most about them? And be specific. What is the race suit that you wear? I wear, I have been wearing, I think the carbon flex, um, but I just got um, a pair of the new carbon cores, which I've been wearing quite a bit. Um, the carbon flex, I was wearing, I wore for um, nationals last year and I wore for junior worlds as well. That suit, you know, and it's it's just such a good suit. It feels like really quite tight and really good quality as well, mm. um, which I love. And you know, the the colors are just so nice as well. It it probably sounds weird to say like the colors so so important, but I think it is. Like you know, look good, feel good, race good. So I just love it. And the new carbon core as well. It's really compressive, which is good because it makes your legs feel a little bit better towards the end of the race. But um, you, know, you feel slippery through the water. It's just awesome. Yeah, I love it. Well, listen, you've just done Arena's job for them. Anybody marketing-wise <laughs> out there that wants to uh, use something there, what did you say? Look good, feel good, race good. Write it down, sign it yeah, up. Yeah, that's awesome, on, isn't get it? Get it on a quote with Arena with your head next to it. Perfect. There you go. That, Killed it. That was on the fly, bro. That was, a, that was mate, you're an intelligent. off the dome. You're an intelligent beast. That podcast has been rubbing off on you. You're getting a lot better now. Speaking of it, let's get to it. Away from the pool. Talk to me about the podcast that you've been doing with your mates. It's called Lane 8. How's it been going for you? How did it come about? Let's start with that. How did it come about? Yeah, so during quarantine, obviously, I was getting a little bit bored um, and had needed a break from all the year 12 work that I was doing. So And I started listening to this and a few other podcasts, and I was like, well, man, podcasts are you know they're coming up really like they're becoming a lot more prevalent and so you know having with the conversations that me and my mates had i was like well why don't we just turn some of these because we have quite interesting conversations i think we talk about you know a whole range of of issues and you know ideas and stuff so i was like why don't we record this basically and just put it on for people to listen to Mm. and that's how it really came about i texted sasha my friend and i was like how would you feel about doing a podcast? And he was like, I love it. Let's do it. And so we got our other friend, Hugh. We just all met. Um, I had a lot of recording equipment around the house from my sister, who's a musician, Mm -hmm. which was handy. So we just, you know, recorded. Um, I managed to get on Spotify. So yeah. And we don't really care if anyone listens to it. It's just (laughs) fun for us to do. Just gives us a reason to sit down have a chat, you know, record it. And if anyone listens to it, it's just a bonus for us. Absolutely. I don't know about yourself, um, and you can tell me a story if, if you have any about like feedback you get. But I, like, I got one the other day, and if this person's listening, um, they'll now get a buzz out of it. But I, I got an inbox saying, uh, I just wanted to thank you that I just listened to your podcast. I traveled from Townsville down to Brisbane, and then I had to drive back, 
and I listened to it the whole way. Firstly, I was just impressed because not even my wife would want to listen to my voice for that <laughs> bloody long. So I was impressed that they were happy to listen. But like, it just it catches you off guard because, as you said, we kind of do this not to for people to sort of give us that praise. I mean, it's lovely that we get praise, but as you said, it, you know, you're not doing it for that. Have you had anything like that happen to you? Just the mere fact that people actually listened to it was was really surprising. And yeah. we did a little test to see who was actually listening at the end. And we were like, comment this on our Instagram if you um Lenate Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um if you're listening towards the end and we only got like three people or something. So it was clear that people were only watching like halfway, but um, yeah, you know, Mikey, our coach gave us this whole, like, like every, after every episode, he gave us this whole sort of constructive criticism about, about our, our show, which is really nice of him. Um, we, we take it all in, you know, mm. so it's good. Well, anyone out there that wants to listen, Lane 8, where they find it on Spotify, is it on Apple podcasts as well? Or yeah. Just on Spotify? Spotify and Apple podcasts. We're all over it. Mate, get amongst it, get around it. The boys are killing it. Um, still at school, talk to me about balancing that and training at the moment. Because obviously swimming-wise, you're starting to you know, ramp it up there, trying to balance it with finishing off school at the best you can. How's that go for you? Yeah, it's good. You know, I've got a lot of help. So, you know, my family, all my teachers, Mikey, they all help me. Um, and the school's been great. I got a hail. And they've given me sort of two private study periods a day, which really helps. Um, it's just about time management. And I've sort of having been having to deal with swimming in school all the way up. So I don't really know what it's like on the other side. Yeah. I'm just having a lot of free time to study. So it's just a normal for me to have to cram everything in and stuff. Um, just time management really. Well, mate, as you know, because uh, you listen to the show, we like to finish things off with some less serious stuff just to see what you like at home, what you get amongst in terms of music, movies, what you eat. Just really, it's random stuff. But to some people, mate, it's, it's very interesting. And yeah, actually, we, you'd be, we, you'd... we finish so, our show in the yeah. same way. We do like yeah. quick fire questions. So. Well, let's, you'd be surprised. Go. People get really, they really enjoy this sort of stuff. So, um, what about your favorite music, mate? What do you like to listen to? I am so big on music, Robbie. Like I listen to everything. Um, yep. I like I like acoustic stuff, and I like yep. um, listening to up and coming Perth bands and stuff. Um, I listen to rap. I like to listen to hip hop before I race. Um, bit of techno. Mm-hmm. Even, like I'll scrape the surface of heavy metal, okay. but I'm not. I'm not big on heavy metal. It is interesting with heavy metal, especially before racing. So I used to, and I nowhere near as fast as you was, mate, but before a race, <laughs> I would listen to like really heavy stuff like Motorhead, um, just things Ooh. that really just made me want to rip someone's head off. And then I'd dive yeah, in and come seventh stuff. out of eighth, which really seems <laughs> insignificant. And then when you look back at it, like, geez, I was pumped up, but uh, might have done my dash just behind the blocks. Um, what about your favorite movies? What do you, what do you like to watch? I'm also big on movies. I'll prefer movies over TV shows. So I've got like, um, there's this movie about time that I love. Um, I'm big, I'm big on rom-coms for some reason, like the notebook I watched the other day. Love that. Um, I like uh, Southpaw. I'll watch before every, every big meet. Um, and sometimes Creed. So those sort of boxing, you know, inspirational movies I quite like. Um, I love, I love Marvel. I'm a sucker for a good superhero movie. Mm. Chris Nolan. Also, is my favorite director. So, Inception, 
Interstellar. Um, all of his films are really good. Interstellar. I can't remember who I talked to about it the other day, but I talked about Interstellar. And awesome it's, movie. It's a movie that's too intelligent for me because I was with it and I really yeah. focused so hard right up until the part where he falls into the black hole and it yeah. just lost The four-dimensional stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah. just like, how can he be there? How is he there? How's he communicating? How's it? It just, it lost me and I'm not, and it's my intelligence. It's not Christopher Nolan. He's a, he's a great, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a phenomenal movie. So uh, yeah. it's just too smart for me. What about you, Sue? The thing, the thing I love about that movie particularly, but even, you know, all of Chris Nolan's movies is Hans Zimmer, the um, composer for yep. the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Just unbelievable. Like, I've never been that into the soundtrack of a movie and I'll actually listen to the soundtrack of Interstellar just, you know, throughout the day. It makes me feel really uplifted, which is awesome. I love that. What about favourite meals? What do you like to eat? Pasta, pizza, um, junk food, really. It sounds bad, but um, there's this burger place um, just down the road from me called Royale's. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're ever in Perth, Wembley Royale's, best burgers like I've ever had. We go there best too burgers. often for how healthy the food is. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, it doesn't matter. As long as it tastes good, who cares? You train more than yeah. enough, that's for sure. <laughs> what about favourite TV show? I know you said you're not a TV show watcher, but on Netflix, do you binge watch anything? Yeah. No, I am. I am. I watch TV shows. I watch Game of Thrones. I loved up until season eight, but we won't get into that. <laughs> um, Modern Family, I used to love as a kid. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, obviously The Last Dance. Yep. Binge watch that. I, yep. I watched that in about two days because um, I, I watched it right until the 10th episode came out. So just you know, blew through that. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love TV shows as well. Uh, I unfortunately, when I was watching The Last Dance, I was watching it as it was being released. So I'd only get to watch two mm. episodes and then I'd have to wait till the next week. But there was something about that that I enjoyed too, like the old school way of having to like anticipate something and, and wait for it. I think sometimes too often these days, the whole season comes out in day one and then you're finished and you're left with like an empty feeling. So, I mean, there's yeah. positives and negatives, isn't there? Yeah. The, about, the delay delay of the gratification is good sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. What about TikTok? Are you around that? Oh, uh, when my girlfriend got into it, yeah, and I was like, "That is so stupid!" Like, <laughs> it's just it's just cringy. And then I got it, and I didn't get off it. I kept watching. Like, mm. it's yeah, too much. Do you find yourself just on there for too long? Yeah, big time, big time. What about favorite quotes, mate? Does your coach give you any inspirational quotes? You've been on some good teams now. Did you hear anything that sort of resonated with you and stuck with you? Yeah, there is. Nothing that springs to mind. My dad, um, before, when I was growing up and he used to drop me at training, he always used to say, go hard or go home, mm-hmm. which I like. It's like, yep. you know, you're there to train, train well. If you're not, if you're not going to do that, you're not going to, there's no point being there. So yep. that, that's probably... Uh, one of my favorites. There's, such an Aussie saying. Stuff, yeah. That's such it an is, Aussie saying. Is. Go out or go yeah. home. Go hard or go home. You yeah. wouldn't hear an American say that. No chance. Yeah. What would an American say? I don't know. I don't know. I do Wait, have American weird. listeners, so I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry to the, to the Americans out there. <laughs> it's just very Aussie. It's just a very Aussie thing to say. Go hard or go yeah. home. You watch. I'll get a, a DM next week or when this one comes out, and it'll be like, uh, I just say, so you know, we do say that. Okay. Apologies to. Oh uh, God, sorry, sorry to the Americans <laughs> out there. 
Mate, uh, listen, when we redo this interview and I have you on again, um, and I, I think I'll have you on a few times, but say it's two or three years away. What accomplishments by then would you like me to add to the top? So say you'll be about around 20 years old. What would you like me to add at the top there? I get, like, people ask me um, this all the time. Honestly, I just, I don't know. Like, I want to be just in a better position than I am now. In the pool, you know, study-wise, I'll be at uni then. Like, I just want to be across the board improved from where I am now. Like, that's all you can hope for, really. Be happy, stuff like that, yeah. It's a very sensible uh, answer. And I think you're right. As long as you're at your best and you're doing the best you can, what more can you do? Absolutely. Yeah. And ob- yeah, obviously there are like specific goals and stuff that we're targeting, but just to be able to improve, you know. May mm. I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on for a chat. I know you've had a busy day. You just finished school. You just got home. Yeah. You try to rush to get here. I know you're going out for dinner soon. So thank you very much for coming on. Um, mate, make sure you get me on your podcast for a chat. I told you I'd come on for a chat. You still haven't hit me up yet. I'm not offended. Not a little bit. We're not. <laughs> Sorry, Robbie. <laughs> we're, we're still, we're still trying to figure out everything. Like we're still trying to figure out the sound, yeah. let alone, you know, doing zoom calls and stuff. We've had guests, but they've been coming in and we've had to share like one mic between three of us. So when we get to the level where we can have you on, you'll be, you'll be first. Don't worry, Robbie. Well, I'll hold you to that. I'll hold you to that. I'll bring it up in other people's interviews and I'll just, I'll just no, shout can. it out there. <laughs> Mate, At good the luck over the next. Episode, Josh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mate, good luck over the next nine months with your training. And obviously you're going to have state champs and, and obviously getting ready for, for age nationals again and, and beyond and making junior teams and then senior teams beyond that. Until we get back together again for a chat, mate, thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swing Podcast. Thanks for having me, Robbie. It's been, been a pleasure. No worries. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you as always by Pro Swim Workouts. Thank you so much to our amazing guests for coming on the show this week and looking ahead to next week. The stars just keep on coming. I think we're going to start calling this the home of the swimming stars. Next week, we have Kenrick Monk, Dan Hunter, Dan Wallace, a special double app on Thursday with open water champs Chelsea Gubecker and Hayden Cotter. And on Friday, we finish with Queensland young gun Jenna Forrester. So much to look forward to, and always remember, if you miss any of the episodes from this week, you can always catch up on YouTube with all the episodes available on there as well. 20-minute best of episodes to help you guys stay up to date with all the latest interviews. Until then, though, guys, have a fantastic weekend. Continue to live the dream, and it's bye for now.